Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boy Fenyo from the Fight Side, and this is the Early Prelims podcast coming at you on Tuesday this time because I was on vacation on the on the weekend and got home early Monday, and I was not in condition to record. I mean, I was sleeping to be honest. It's not like I was hungover or something like that. I was just sleeping. I was sleepy. I took a, like a seven-hour bus ride, and I sleep like shit on buses, man. And we have quite a few stuff to talk about because I, I did not watch the fights live. It's the first event in a while that I, I haven't been following live, but I did catch up with all the fights. Obviously, I was like fast forwarding some stuff here and there. I'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, some stuff happened last week. There's a ton of big fight announcements. We're going to be talking about that. And we're going to be previewing next week events. So let's get ready for the podcast or whatever. I don't know, man. Uh, I need more gimmicks, I feel. I, I need more silly gimmicks to to keep you guys entertained, you know. Let's talk about PFL first. Uh, so PFL had an event headlined by Ovi Messier uh, after getting upset in his first fight. He fought Anthony Romero, uh, got the knockout on the third round. Um, Common event saw Sadibu C, I think they they say his name. A uh, boring, huge guy, like fucking middleweight guy fighting at 170 and he got us. Pretty sweet spinning wheel kick knockout over Shane Mitchell. Shane Burgos won a wrestle-heavy unanimous decision over Yamato Nishikawa. That should have not been enough to secure a spot in the lightweight tournament, but we'll get into that. Uh, Magomed Karibot beat Sawada. Uh, Umalato beat Lopez. Clay Collard beat Stevie Ray. And Stevie Ray retired. Former UFC fighters for the fighter. I mean both, but I'm talking about Stevie Ray here. Former UFC fighter for those who don't know. Uh, yeah, Carlos yeah, Bruno Miranda, go, uh, Solomon Renfro, all got wins. But the controversy here came into the the fight between Knight and Schultz and Hausch Mafio. So, okay, what happened here? Uh, both Schultz and Manfio, Schultz two times PFL champion, and Manfio one time PFL champion, both coming off wins, and both are very, very close friends, both train an ATT, and both are like actual, like in real life, outside the cage friends, and they train together all the time, so really, really close guys we're talking about here. And the PFL decides to match them up, to match them up together for some reason, and, and obviously that's kind of a dick move. To be honest, I mean both guys were coming off wins. Uh, they are like veterans of the of the promotion. They deserve, I think, to get like better matchmaking than this. Uh, for the, but yeah, I mean they got match up with one another they had a very tepid fight on eventful fight that should want one based off like top control 
very few, very little damage on the fight. Uh, their the their corners did not say a word to them during the fight. Uh, but that was like an agreement because they trained together. They did not want to like create like tension in the gym. I think I, I have no problem with that part. Uh, a lot of people are saying the fight was fixed in the sense that they both agreed to not damage each other during the fight. I know that's very hard to demonstrate, I think. Uh, I think the PFL dropped the ball, matching the map together. Um, like, why would you do that? Especially both coming off wins. Um, you're making like, you're making you're making it so only one of them can. I mean, I, by the way, I said, uh, Obimesia got upset. No, he he did not got upset. I was mixing in, <laughs> mixing him up with with Loughlin. <laughs> Loughlin. Uh Sorry about that. But yeah, so both were coming off wins, and yeah, they have this shit fight, very bad fight, and then they decide that okay, uh, we're accusing you guys of fight fixing. We're not investigating with the commission. We're just saying that. And uh, so Schultz that was supposed to get into the tournament is out and Shane Burgos is in. Obviously Shane Burgos a very big draw for the PFL, very well publicized signing for them. And Burgos coming off of a single win, a uh, single win that he got in this event, decision win. Uh, not very excited, not very exciting mind you. And, and I, lo I love Shane Burgos, like great fighter, but I think this is very uncalled for. Um, I think uh, you cannot demonstra demonstrate that they fixed the fight. Uh, fight between teammates are often like very, very violent, and other times are very tepid. And sometimes you get fight between both guys that don't know each other, and the fight is still like very low on volume and output. So I don't know, man. It's it's rough, and uh, I think uh, the PFL are. They have this gimmick around that we have the playoff, the you know, matchmaking plays no part in, in our shit. And obviously that's not true. Uh, the playoffs, the the fighters only have to fight, so they only they obviously have to matchmake there, and they can get fighters in favorable positions. They try to make exciting fights that will draw ratings. That's why uh, Obimesia fought uh, Burgos on the first place on the first round. So yeah, the whole thing is a mess. Um, so yeah, now Burgos. Uh, and the other thing is that apparently uh, they decided that neither uh, that Shield was out before the Burgos fight. And then Burgos went in and had a very wrestling heavy performance. Very sketchy. Uh, Burgos, according to him, said that he found out about him going into the tournament when when he went back to his hometown, so I don't know, don't want to put the guy on, on doubt here. I don't know, uh, a lot of people are putting Schultz and Mafia in doubt. I think PFL are the wrongdoers in here, clearly. But anyway, the tournament moves on, and Shane Burgos gets to fight um, Clay Collard in the first round, and like that's a... Very good fight, very excited, but I feel like the whole thing is stained by the by the bad decisions of the of the organization. To be honest, 
so yeah, let's talk about uh, the UFC event. I could have done this uh, late on Saturday night because I would I would have watched this live, but it was like pretty early and I was at the beach, to be honest. A main event saw Ilya Topuria win a very a very convincing decision over Josh Emmett. I scored every round for him. Topuria here looked fantastic. Fantastic, I gotta say. Um, he was pressuring Emmett. The defense was looking very good. He was he was making sure of using the high guard, uh, hiding behind his shoulder, especially for the for the overhand right of Emmett. Um, he was trading in the pocket. He was controlling exchanges with his jab. Uh, he started using the calf kick as, as the fight went on. Uh, he hurt Emmett with some beautiful counter rights. Um, and then the I was like, Topuria here looking fantastic, but he's looking like very right hand oriented in the in the pocket. Like it was a lot of like a lot of his best counters on this fight were like two three two when the three is not really it's just there to keep busy and to reload the, the right hand, that kind of stuff. Uh Emmett looking very dangerous early, especially with his shifting offense, but Topuria was was pressuring so he had the space back and he was like his defense in the pocket was responsible. He got wild a little bit, uh, a little few times, especially overthrowing with the with the left hook. But I don't know. Tapuria looked very very good. Uh, and and then when I was wondering what is the big left hook because he was like whiffing a lot of on it but not landing, and then he put like a very compact, very well placed uh, left hook in the pocket. I think it was the fourth round. I don't know, but. It was great. And then on the ground, Topuria looking fantastic as well as the one, one of the best prospects the, the sport have ever seen. I'm not afraid to say that. One of my favorite fighters right now. Very impressive performance performance considering the matchup, especially uh, Emmett uh, was giving me pause. I was picking Topuria moving into this, but Emmett was giving me some, some pause because uh, his positioning is very clever, like, his footwork is not great inside the pocket, but with the shifts, uh, he makes sure like to grab angle, uh, to grab an angle, and and work from there. And he can be very dangerous from there. And Emmett, just as big of a puncher as Topuria, uh, explosive and very decent cardio, despite being like a burst base fighter, one heavy muscle as well. Topuria looked pretty big for the. Inside the cage, I, I thought his frame looked naturally bigger than Emmett. Emmett, obviously, the more muscle guy in there. But, I mean, great fight and amazing performance by Topuria. Uh, Co-main saw Macy Barber for fighting uh, Amanda Hivas. And Barber looked all right. She's very dynamic. She's athletic. We know this. And she's putting heat on her strikes. Um... Uh, the end of the fight came as Barber landed like a very big, I don't know if it was a left or a hand or a right hand, and then a head kick as well. And then Hivas went to close distance and she smacked herself against Barber's uh, shoulder. That was the last knockdown of the fight. Uh, so yeah, I mean, good for Barber. I wanted Hivas to win here, I'll be honest, but Barber looks alright, I guess. No, not a big fan, but she's a good prospect. She's very athletic, and she's she's getting more dangerous as fight goes on. Uh, Justin Taffa was fighting Austin Lane. 
Ocelain decided to, I mean, not decided, it wasn't, it wasn't intentional, but a very deep eye poke very early in the fight. Fight guess goes to a no contest. Before that, David Onama and Gabriel Santos had a banger of a fight. Onama so big and athletic for this division and, and good skill everywhere, like good fighter. Uh, Santos was looking very good too. Uh, other than the main event, watch this one. This one was a good, good fight. Uh, not a lot to say other than that. And Unama landed in the finishing sequence a very sneaky uppercut. That was that was very cool to see. Before that, we had Brendan Allen against Bruno Silva. These guys were banging, absolutely banging. And I'm like, that's where Bruno Silva usually wins. But Brendan Allen here kind of kind of shin bullying my guy here. Oh, Brendan Allen looking. He was looking very relaxed in the pocket, and I think that was helping him absorb damage and he was recovering very very well when he was getting hurt by by Silva uh, so yeah, I mean good performance and then he he clanks him with a right hand goes to the ground and Brendan Allen has one of the best rear naked chokes in the in the sport right now his his hands positioning the squeeze are very very clean the, the hand fighting from the backpack is also very impressive and he, if he gets he gets the forearm under the shin, you're, you're tapping or going to sleep. He's very good here. Another very impressive rear naked choke after the 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 Moonies fight. So yeah, I mean, good for Allen. He's looking good here. Uh, defense could be better, but he's looking powerful, dangerous, and he's danger uh, dangerous in every phase. So yeah, good for Allen. One of my favorite middleweights right now. Neil Magny fought Phil Rowe. Both guys very lanky. Rowe insisted on on clinching with Magni a lot for some reason. Magni mostly winning on the clinch, but not with a lot of damage this time around. Magni usually like very convincing in winning fights, but Phil Rowe was 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 touching him on the feet, but very limited. So I, I guess I guess Magni by decision is the right choice, but I don't know. It was. It was not a good fight. Before that, Randy Brown fought Wellington Turman. The UFC doing the classic, I'm going to move down to fight smaller guys and the UFC finding the biggest guy they can to give you for your debut. So yeah, Randy Brown fucking huge for welterweight. Uh, Turman looked okay. Uh, not a very interesting fight. I mean, Brown winning mostly on activity. Uh, and then on the third round, Turman starts getting into clinches and going with the elbows and he starts fucking up Randy Brown and that was that but but yeah the judges gave Randy the first two rounds so he won a decision here before that we have Loic Rajabov uh, fighting Matoj Rambeki I think they they say that is his name and uh, Rajabov a uh, very solid guy like kind of aimless but Skilled everywhere, athletic. I hear Rambeki look fantastic, like so dangerous, powerful, athletic. I don't know. I, I like this performance a lot. A lot of inside leg kicks. He he compromised uh, Rajvavov leg, and then Rajvavov with no legs at all was standing against the cage with his feet parallel, trying to counter. Uh, Rambeki never. 
never gave up the pressure and got the knockout. Mostly a, a mercy stoppage here, but totally fine with that. Uh, Tabata Rishi won a very boring decision over Gillian Robertson. Like, Rishi, she's athletic, she's decent, but she's not very fun to watch, to be honest. Uh, before that, Joshua Ban made his debut against Chalgas Chumagulov, who showed up finally with the Beatles haircut. Chumagulov looked pretty decent early in the first round. Um, then Joshua Ban takes over in the second round with very, very decent hands, like... I'm not sure, like, because I, I think he has a boxing background, but the, as a kickboxer, he looked, like, pretty pretty well put together, and the, the takedown defense looked pretty all right. He's been training on Houston for not, not a very long time, so impressive that he was able to defend the takedowns. Third round was messy. Uh, Shumagulov landed more volume, for sure, but Ban had cleaner connections. It was hard to tell. Shumagulov loses. He's probably getting cut, and... It's rough, man. I mean, Joshua Van looked pretty good here. A very good addition for Flyweight. But I'm a bit sad for Shalgas. Uh, because I feel like he's a very good fighter. But for some reason, he cannot win these fights. It's rough, man. It's rough. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm wishing, wishing him well on future endeavors. Because no way the UFC keeps him after this one. Before that, uh, Chevy Mariscal fought my arch enemy, Trevor Peak. <laughs> I mean, Trevor Peak, oh, he's a fucking mess. Like, but, but, but that said, he's very, very athletic and dangerous. And I don't know, he has a good fight feel. Um, Trevor Peak uh, is a mess mechanically, but he can put power into his strikes. Uh, he has okay timing. He has he's very physically strong. Can get up to his feet. He's taken down. So yeah, I mean, I might hate him a little bit, but he's not an easy fight for anyway. You you throw Trevor Peak on the regionals, and he's going to slip guys like left and right. And I'm sure that that was that's that's what he was doing before he before being signed to the UFC. Uh, Chepe Mariscal, on the other hand, I don't know if he's a featherweight, but he looked pretty undersized next to Pick, And he looked very good here, to be honest. I like the, the fight mostly because of Chepe's performance. Uh, pretty cool takedowns from the clinch, uh, making the head and arm work uh, here. Uh, other takedowns, the head movement was looking good. And he was, as the fight went on, he's, he was like, like, hitting Trevor Pick so fucking hard. Pick has a legendary shin, man. I, I'm gonna tell you that. Chevy Mariscal apparently trains with Justin Gaethje. Uh, I don't know if he's team elevation or what, but but cool stuff. I mean, uh, I like Chevy Mariscal. Uh, I will tell you that. Before that, Jed Jenkins for Jamal Emers. Um, this, was, this one was a very good fight. Uh, Jenkins, obviously the destroying guy that has break has broken like three legs in his career, I think something like that. And Emers, uh, very cool, lanky guy, mostly a boxer. So they had a cool fight. Emers with the quick hand speed, he was moving on the outside. Jenkins was having a bit of trouble with the distance, but then he started like finding success with the leg kicks and the body kicks. Uh, first round was all Jenkins. Emers came alive like late into the first round. 
Then second round was very close. Uh, commentary was giving Emers a lot of props, but I, I felt like most of his volume with the hands was not very clean. Jenkins was moving away, rolling with a lot of the punches, and Jenkins was connecting hard with the leg kicks and the body kicks in the first half of the round. I thought that was the most damaging blows of the round, to be honest. But it was a very, very close round. And then on the third, uh, Jenkins reminded us that he's Australian and he's not Whitaker or Volkanovski, so he cannot really grapple that well <laughs> or, or wrestle for that matter. And Emerus, like, got some two, some good top position and got the hands going. Uh, so clearly won the third. They went to split decision. Jenkins got it. I had no problem with that decision. Uh, first fight of the night was Cedricus Dumas against Cody Brondash and that was a fucking terrible fight and I'm not talking about that. So let's talk let's talk about some fight announcement and there are some big ones here. Kerry Sohudo is fighting Shito Berra. They are fighting at UFC 292. Uh this would be a lot more interesting in five rounds. I think the UFC is trying to get Sehudo uh, a win here, maybe? I don't know. Uh, but sh- could be interesting. Sehudo uh, stop control against lanky guys, I'm not so sure. Uh, never been... I mean, he was very controlling against DA, who is like very short. And also got like no damage going. So maybe Cheeto can get some stuff going with his long limbs. I don't know. I mean, the strikings, who do look limited against super long guys against Sterling? So, uh, could be could be interesting. Maybe Sehudo wrestles to a boring decision win, or maybe Shito gets going, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, I want Shito to win, to win here, but, uh, to, to win here, but uh, I'm saying that just so we can watch a good fight, you know? Rose Namajunas moving up to flyweight and she's fighting Manon, Manon Fioro at UFC Paris in France. So yeah, I mean, interesting. Interesting because uh, Fioro is very big for 125. She's a girl that would have no trouble fighting at 135. And Rose maybe is putting on some weight to fight at 125. Uh, the style matchup is interesting. I think Rose... Has had good and bad performance dealing with that the the front kick heavy karate style. She looked pretty good against Waterson, but she looked kind of sketchy against Tisha Torres. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think I watched some tape to give better opinions on this one, but I'm kind of pretty excited about this one to be honest. Uh, not a big fan of Fiora, um, but she's decent. I mean, she's very athletic. She's a beast. And she has an annoying style, so it would be very interesting to see if Nama Junas can solve the puzzle, especially moving up a weight class. Hopefully, uh, the size difference is not that bad in this one. Another banger for 125, and I'm being completely serious here. Tyler Santos will find Erin Blanchfield. Uh, this one is probably for a title shot. Uh, very good fight. Very good fight, to be honest. Um... Tyler Santos probably the the biggest test for Aaron Blanchfield, even more than than Andrade, because Santos is a very solid grappler and a decent wrestler, and she can crack on the feet. So, so yeah, Blanchfield probably the favorite moving into this one, but should not be as easy as some of the other Blanchfield wins. 
And if it is like more impressive for Blanchfield to win impressively against a good opposition. Uh, Kaikara France is fighting Manel Cap. Uh, this is happening at UFC 293. Good fight. Good flyweight fight. Excited for this one. Not much to say about that one. I mean, it's going to be very, very exciting. You know, Kaikara Car- France comes to bang. Uh, he seems the kind of guy that will get a good performance out of Cap. So excited for this one. Uh, Mizuki Noe finally returning to the UFC. She's fighting uh, Hannah Goldie. Uh, they're, they're obviously giving Mizuki uh, like a warm-up fight here. Uh, like Hannah Goldie could be could be pretty well caught by this point. But, but I don't know. I like Mizuki. Excited. I hope she looks good in this fight. Shidi and Jukwani is fighting Michelle Oleksandchuk. Uh, two of my favorites, favorite middleweights here. Um, an interesting matchup. I mean, you know, she is dangerous on the outside. Uh, Oleksandchuk pressures a lot. Oleksandchuk can also wrestle a little bit. And Shidi uh, has like decent first slider of takedown defense, but has been, and he's okay at using his slankiness, his length on the ground to get back up to his feet. So it's a, an interesting Style matchup here. Good fight. Should be should have a lot of action. Alexa Grasso will defend her title against Valentina Shevchenko at a UFC Fight Night event for some reason. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. I feel like this is a good fight. An exciting fight. The first one was good. I think the rematch will probably be better if Valentina shows up. Uh, because Valentina had a lot of success on their first fight. So if Valentina comes in to put into a, like a jab low kick performance when Grasso goes southpaw and then just does her usual stuff, dials back a little bit of the of the head and arm throws and goes more for like double leg takedowns and that kind of stuff that were being very successful for her on the first fight, this could be very interesting. Like it's not like Grasso has Valentina's number, not at all. So so this one should be a good one. Uh I think this should be on a pay-per-view, to be honest. I think the the UFC is doing promotional mal- malpractice here, putting this on a finite event. Uh, Gavin Tucker is fighting Diego Lopez. Very good fight. A bit of, a, bit of brutal matchmaking for both guys, I feel. Well, I guess the UFC wants to get rid of Tucker if he's not up to this level anymore. Uh, this one should be fun because both guys uh, exciting on the feet and very good on the ground. Like Tucker is a very good grappler and a strong wrestler. So, so yeah, a good good fight for featherweight. Rob Font will fight Song Yadong. Great, great fight. Uh, I'm not sure if this is main event. Should be. It's a great fight, huge fight. But yeah, I mean, bantamweight man, very good always. Chris Curtis is fighting Anthony Hernandez, man. Uh, these are my boys. Uh, I like them both a lot. And, and I don't know how to how I feel about this one. Uh, Curtis, uh, almost impossible to take down, to be honest. And then Fluffy, uh, very active, but I'm not sure if he'll get the takedowns, but... But that's the thing with Curtis, uh, low activity sometimes. So interesting to see how he matches up against activity machine in 
in Hernandez. I mean, should be a very good fight, but I don't, I don't like that they are fighting each other, but it should be a good one. Ashkabov was supposed to fight Joe Anderson Brito, and now uh, Westin Wilson is filling in. And I have not watched tape on Wilson a lot, but a lot of people are very concerned about this signing because a lot of people think that Westin Wilson is not UFC level. And if you are if you are not UFC level like Janderson Brito, man, that 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 guy can hurt guys. So so yeah, I don't know. If you guys know more about Weston Wilson, let me know. But I hope this is not very sketchy, but probably is. I'm trusting my people here. Volkan Uzdemir is fighting Asmat Mursakhanov, and that one should be a good fight. This is happening on France too. Um, yeah, I mean, Usamir looking a bit shaky as of late, and Mursakhanov very confident and aggressive, so if Usamir has a few good performances left in him, <laughs> he should put one of those to use in this one, because Mursakhanov is not, he's not coming to play here. Uh, Jeremiah Wells is fighting Carlson Harris, and not much to say these guys are going to fucking bank. <laughs> this fight is going to be a mess and someone is probably going to sleep on this one. Uh, Jandirova was supposed to fight uh, Tatiana Suarez and Jessica Andrade is filling in. Andrade probably on the downside, maybe big time. So expecting Suarez to win here, but could be would be very interesting if uh, Andrade can keep it on the feet. Because if she can... Suarez is in trouble. Uh, and you cannot convince me that she's not in trouble on the feet. She's not a good striker. But she probably can get the takedown. Uh, and after like a lot of good announcements, uh, the UFC decides to announce for some reason that Anthony Smith and Ryan Spann are having a rematch. Uh, like, I don't fucking care. Like, why, why would you do this? Why would you do this? Like, the, the division is already boring. And you make rematches of fights that were embarrass embarrassingly bad. Like Span all every time Span loses is very embarrassing to be honest. Like he he knocked out the the corpse of of Reyes and people people were thinking he was hot shit. He's not. He's not. I mean maybe he wins this one because Anthony Smith he's he doesn't want to fight anymore and and he was like, at his best, he was just like decent. And maybe he's not even that anymore. So maybe Span wins this one. Who who the fuck cares? Who saw the first fight and said, okay, oh, I'm, oh boy, I need the rematch. I need to see the rematch. I mean, if, if Span wins this one, are you going to go like, okay, now Span is the, Span is the, real, deal, is the real deal now, bro. No, like, come on, bro. Come on. Nobody wants to see this. I mean... There's probably some UFC shields out there. But I know you guys listening don't want to watch this fight. And I don't want, want to watch it. And a lot of us are probably going to watch it in the end. So who's the sucker? Probably me. I don't know. And then we have our next event. Uh, UFC. Very weird main event. Shans Rigland is fighting Abus Magomedov. So who's Abus, Abus Magomedov? He had a single fight in the UFC against Dustin Stoltzfus. 
uh, Kyona could finish with a front kick. And then after that, just a lot of cancellations. They tried to m make him fight Mac Muradov and Mirshard as well. And I mean, he's getting a main event for some reason. I'm guessing they want like new faces at the top of 185. I, I, I'm not sure, man, but okay, it's whatever. This should have been like co-main for a, a better fight, to be honest. Uh, but the co-main is very, very interesting. Uh, Damir Smagulov, who, who was supposedly retiring, uh, he said he's going to fulfill his UFC contract. He has one fight left. He's fighting Grant Dawson. And uh, if, if Damir wins this one, I hope he doesn't retire. But this one is very interesting because Dawson uh, getting better in the feet, but very strong wrestler, very heavy from top position. One of the best, like, top top game grapplers at lightweight right now. And Ismagulov, like, all-terrain fighter, very good fighting behind the jab. Uh, very good fighter here. Uh, rooting very hard for Damir here. But this one is, is a tough one. Uh, hopefully Ismagulov wins and doesn't retire, to be honest. Uh, because Damir is a very good fighter. He's probably never going to get a, a divisional push. Maybe this co-main event is the UFC trying to keep him. Trying to keep him off fighting after the contract runs out. I hope, man. Uh, but yeah, a good fight. Good fight. Uh, probably better than the main event. Better than the main event, actually. No, no, probably. Max Griffin is fighting Michael Morales, and this is a very interesting test for Morales, but Griffin is, is pretty old, and Morales is going to just bully him. Ariana Lipsky is fighting Melissa Gatto, and Gatto is probably going to wrestle her. Benoit Saint-Denis is fighting Ismail Bonfim, and like, Ismail Bonfim, one of, one of the most exciting prospects at 155. Uh, this one is not a very interesting matchup in my opinion. I think Bonfim should win this one handily. But I still like, you know, Sandini is big. Um, he's stupid tough and he's a, a legit grappler. So it's all right. I'm, a, I'm fine with Bonfim taking this fight. Uh, this one is somewhat short notice, but I'm hoping, rooting for my boys, my Bonfim on this one. Nursultan Rusiboyev is fighting Bruno Ferreira. Uh, this is middleweight. Uh, Rusiboyev is a newcomer. Ferreira is the guy that uh, put Robocop out cold in that Brazil card. That was that last year or this year, I don't know. Kevin Lee is coming back to the UFC and he's fighting Renat Fagretinov. And... Pretty brutal for Kevin Lee, to be honest. To fight a, like, a fellow wrestler, a guy that's bigger than him. I know, I'm not sure I I like the the matchmaking here. I don't know if the UFC has something against Kevin Lee. Maybe the contract is too expensive to have him fight. Like lower level opposition, so maybe they're using him to push uh, Renat here. Yana Santos is fighting Carlos Hosa at 145 for some reason. Don't ask me why. Ivana Petrovich is fighting Luana Carolina. Um, okay. Jordan Brito is fighting Weston Wilson. We already talked about that. Alexander Romanov is fighting Blagoj Ivanov. Um, 
kind of rough for Romanov, I think. Uh, Ivanov doesn't look very restable, in my opinion. Uh, has the sandbox background as well. Uh, I wonder if Romanov is going to show up fat or in shape. Because he showed up once in shape and he lost that fight. And then he was like, okay, fuck it. I need to be fat as shit to, to make my game work. And then he showed up fat as fuck to fight um, Volkov. Uh, so maybe he he will start like ping pong between uh, in shape and fat, or maybe he will show up even fatter and miss the weight. I don't know, man. I just talking shit. <laughs> but this looks like a pretty bad matchup for Romanov, to be honest. But if he gets the takedown, uh, if he gets a takedown, he probably wins. And on the opening fight, we have Guram Kutatlatse. Supposedly, finally making his return against uh, against Elvis Brenner. Uh, Brenner was supposed to fight. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy, the guy that twerks after he wins. Let me look real quick. I'm making you guys lose time. Jordan, leave it. Okay, so yeah, and now leave it is out, and Kutatlatse is in. And I don't know, man, that's that's super rough. I guess you can draw some parallels, like both guys kick and wrestle. <laughs> but, um, man, man, it's rough. Now, Brenner has some balls to take this fight, to be honest. And I guess that's it. That's it. Um, hopefully, you guys, you have fun listening to me talking nonsense for whatever time this has been um and next week we'll have a pay-per-view but i'll still make the early premiums so watch out for the early premiums the full preview sergio petty's article still coming out uh, a bit late because i took vacations but uh, even though the fight like was like two weeks ago i'm still putting in putting that article out because it was one of the best performances of the year and I want to highlight that. Maybe something on Tapuria, no promises there, but maybe. Uh, yeah, remember to support us on Patreon. Uh, you can join our Discord server and a lot of exclusive content. So yeah, always always remember the, the Patreon stuff. And finally, I want to remind you guys that the Early Prisms podcast is brought to you by Xmartial. Xmartial is a combat sport brand dedicated to supporting the Jiu-Jitsu community. Their goal is to create a fun training environment with unique and exciting designs and promote the gym culture we all love. Xmartial offers a range of products including rash guards, shorts, spats, keys, streetwear and training equipment. Use the code the fight site to get a 10% discount on your order now. That's the fight site, all uppercase, no spaces. The fight site. And for the best deals and discounts, sign up to the mailing list and follow them in their social media accounts at XMarshall Official, the same name in, in all of them. So thank you, XMarshall. Remember to support us on Patreon, on Fenio. I'll catch you now. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Thank you guys. Bye.